What is happening, everybody? Welcome to the show, Harmonic Whiskey Tales. Um, this is our first part of our Formula One special for the British Grand Prix. Um, just going over the qualifying session. Uh, I watched it last night, actually, live. I stayed up. To be honest, all this cricket I've been watching has just properly fucked up my sleeping patterns, and I'm just broken at the moment. And um, so I was still awake last night because of been having so many late nights over the last few weeks. So I actually sat up and watched it, but I rewatched it this morning just to kind of remind myself because I think I, I think I fell asleep for about ten minutes of the, uh, of the qualifying session. So for the second part of qualifying, I, no idea what fucking happened. I just sort of woke up and it was Q three. I was like, oh, oh, I see. Um, and a bit surprised about a couple of people who didn't get through and some that did. I was like, oh, that's good. So um, yeah. So I'll just go through. Um, the results let me just go oh, what am i fucking doing i'm trying to push the fucking buttons it's not working um so hang on a minute i'm, I'm having tea give me a second ah oh, delicious bit of a mix today Earl gray and english breakfast mixed together it's the way forward um so yeah so i'll just take you through the results and then we'll um well I'll just sort of break down a little bit of what's been getting on so um so P1, Valtteri Bottas and Mercedes just pipped Hamilton by six thousandths of a second, which is literally probably about half a foot, I suppose. It's like nothing. Um, so Lewis Hamilton was here, P2. Uh, Leclerc for Ferrari, P3. A good result from him, actually. They, they weren't expecting to um, have a great quality session. I mean, it's, it's weird this weekend. They They were... On pace in the in the practice sessions and even um, in Q two, I think he had the fastest time. Yeah, he did. Um, but so everyone was like, "Oh, oh, Leclerc's going to get it. Oh, this looks good. They're looking good." Um, and they were like getting really quick times, even on the medium tire. So not even on the the tire that you'd normally use for qualifying, being that the, the um, soft tire. So um, yeah, that was a good result for him to get P three. But a bit um, surprising that he couldn't get above that. I don't know. I think Mercedes just turned the engine up again and left it till Q3, basically, and didn't really show their hand. And they just suddenly gained half a second, basically. So, yeah. Um, we've got Max Verstappen, P4. Really good result for him. Pierre Gasly, P5. Vettel, P6. He really struggled. I think that's almost maybe the true pace of what that car could do, I guess. I mean... I think Leclerc's just been on it all weekend and hasn't really been um, Vettel hasn't really been able to keep up with him um in this particular race. So um yeah, so Vettel P six, um Daniel Ricardo P seven for Renault, that was a good result. Um we'll come back to that. And then Lando Norris from Renault McLaren, um P eight, good job from him. Alexander Albon P nine, um for Toro Rosso Honda. So that's really good for him considering his teammate, which we'll get to in a second, where he finished up, um, and then you've got Nico Hulkenberg for Renault P10 finishing off that top 10. So, um, yeah, good qualifying actually. Um, we'll, we'll just I'll just go quickly go through the rest. So, P11 Giovinazzi for Alfa Romeo, P12 Kimi Raikkonen, Alfa Romeo, uh, Carlos Sainz for McLaren, P13. Not sure what happened with him, he, he seemed to the, the, the McLaren seemed like they were going to be definite top 10 contenders and Renault were like behind them and then Renault just jumped up and I don't know what it was they just 
suddenly found some pace. So unless they were sandbagging a bit and then ramped it up a bit and surprised Renault. I'm not I'm surprised uh, McLaren, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, Ramon Grosjean for Haas, uh, 14th. Now, this is interesting. They split their setups on their car and they actually went back to a specification on their car that they used in um, Melbourne. So the first race of the season. Um, so they put Roman Grosjean back on that setup with those parts, like aero parts. This is, so that dictates how the car behaves um, with all the aero and stuff. And they left Magnussen on the um, the current setup, like the most recent up-to-date setup. And he was slower. <laughs> he finished 16th. So between the two and 15th, Sergio Perez for Racing Point, who did well to get to that point. He, he did a good job to do that because that car's still struggling. Um uh, yeah, and then 17th, we have Daniel Kvyat, 18th, Lance Stroll, 19th, George Russell, who's beaten Kubica again by half a second again. And yes, Kubica at the end on P20. So, yeah, good little session. Good, um, interesting practice sessions as well, actually. It was, um, it was, uh, it was looking like Ferrari were going to be the quickest, um, at least in terms of quality pace. Um, race pace was an interesting one. Mercedes looked really strong, as did Red Bull in their race pace, and like you know, the, both the Renault teams looked pretty good as well. Um, but Ferrari were really struggling, especially with the soft tire on like the heavier fuel loads, um, which also makes what they decided to do in Q2. So in the second part of the quality session, if you don't know, um, whatever tire you're using. Um, and you get your fastest time in that Q2 session. Um, if you're in the top 10, then that's the tyre that you race on, that you start on in the race. So everyone was trying to go with the medium tyre to start on because it was just the better race tyre and everyone was, didn't really want to go near that soft tyre for their races because um, it just wasn't lasting long enough. Um, and it was particularly bad for Ferrari when they were testing it out, but for some reason they decided to go with the soft tyre in that Q2 session, despite the fact that they were quick enough on the medium tyre to get through. So I think they understand... Well, I mean, from what I've read and some you know pundits who, who've been talking about it, they reckon that um, Ferrari just know they're not going to have much race pace and they're going to struggle, so they need to try and do something a bit different and try and make up for it at the start, basically. And, and by being on the softer tyre, because it's a bit grippier, they might get a better start and be able to get ahead of a few people at the start. So, I mean, Leclerc will want to be trying to overtake at least one of the Mercedes. Um, and then Vettel, the same, probably want to be getting past the Red Bulls if you can. So, um, But, I don't know, expect them to have a difficult race, I think, from what I don't know, I mean, it's I, I think it's going to be between Bottas and Hamilton for the race win, but the Red Bulls are a definite possibility, especially Verstappen. I mean, Gasly's done well to what was he three tenths per second off Verstappen, which, um, yeah, it's good, good from him. He's done, I mean, if, you, if you've been listening to this podcast or following Formula One, you'll know Pierre Gasly's been under a bit of pressure to perform having some difficult races and showing good pace in practice sessions, but then in quality in the race just kind of drops off. Um, the last race being a prime example of that, where he was in front of uh, Verstappen at the start of the race, got passed by Verstappen and then got lapped by him. <laughs> and when Verstappen went on to win the race, so that's not a great look for him. So, um, so yeah, he's something's 
you know, clicked with him a bit more this weekend. So it's it's good that he's up with Verstappen where he should be really. So, um, yeah, so they're going to be strong tomorrow for sure. So I think it's going to be a three-way fight tomorrow between Bottas, Hamilton and Verstappen. Um, Hamilton's going to want to try and get past Bottas as soon as possible. Uh, weather's looking good for tomorrow, so he should be okay in terms of you no know, rain. But um, you never know the location of where it is it's on this kind of like plateau in in midlands in england so it can the weather can change quite quickly so it can be very windy as well sorry tea break um so yeah it's going to be an interesting race um what else should i say yeah renault and mclaren who are kind of fighting it out for best of the rest you know the, the best fourth team sort of thing they like Renault were off the pace in all the practice sessions or, or at least behind McLaren by like half a second pretty consistently. And then when it came to quali, they just started ramping things up and maybe not showing their true pace until that quali session. Um, and they both, both the Renault's got three to the top 10, which would be re- is really great for them because um, they've been under a lot of pressure. Um, and McLaren, um, yeah, surprising they both didn't get it into the top 10. I mean, it, there wasn't much in it. I mean, it was two tenths of a second would have got um uh let's see oh no it's not hang on i'm looking at the wrong thing uh let's just look at um carlos science um where the fuck is he there he is so his um q2 time 126.5 and to get into p10 would have got 126.4 so it's like yeah a tenth and a bit of a second and he would have been in P, you know he would have been in the top 10 shootout so it's really tight between these between Toro Rosso Renault McLaren um and um yeah though those kind of three main teams at the moment um even Haas went too far off in the end with Roman Grosjean but they were struggling a bit but um and actually Alfa Romeo as well they're in, in that fight as well so um yeah it's I mean it's tight in there but so McLaren will be a bit disappointed but I mean Lando Norris again just um showing how good he is and um it's actually just been confirmed this weekend that Norris and Carlos Sainz Jr are both have both been retained by Renault um sorry McLaren Renault um for next year so that's really good for them and to have fixed that and locked that in so early in the season for both of them it's just another sign things are going well for McLaren like the drivers are doing well they're getting on they're putting in good performances the car's improving the team's getting more solid and cohesive and the fact that you can lock in your driver lineup that early is um is great for the team because it's just stability and it's one less thing to worry about or be distracted by having to talk about it and so the drivers can focus on the races and you know they don't have any stupid any more stupid questions about are you going to get retained or if not who you're going to drive for because that's a big stress so I mean, you've got like um, Hulkenberg's under that pressure from Renault because they're talking about um, Esteban Ocon maybe going to them from Mercedes to Renault. Um, he's a Mercedes reserve driver at the moment um, and a very good driver and he's French. So with Renault doing what they want to do, well, with Renault wanting to take the team into a direction where they want to take it, having a French driver on their team would be very good for them and... Ocon's a very good driver as well. Like he's a, you know, he's potential put him in the right car and he could win a world championship. So, but then for Ocon's point, he's in, in the Mercedes bubble at the moment. And obviously they got the best car. So with Bottas under pressure, because he's not confirmed for next year, Lewis is, but not Bottas isn't, he, he's only got, he only got like a one year extension on his contract last year. Um, so Gazzy's under pressure as well. Um, 
so yeah, I, who knows? And there's been talk of Ricardo to Ferrari, and I don't know where that suddenly started. I think we talked about that on the last episode. Um, I don't know where that suddenly come from. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens. So that all these, all the other teams are a bit unstable, apart from um, McLaren. Everyone else, I mean, I suppose Alfa Romeo as well. They're pretty happy, I think, with Giovinazzi and Raikkonen. Giovinazzi started to bring show some form, which is really good for him. It, again, it took him a bit of time, kind of like Gasly, and um, to kind of um, settle into that team. Um, but he's, he's getting consistently close to Raikkonen now, and doing and sometimes bettering him. So he's outperformed him in this particular qualifying session. So. I think they're locked in as well, but it's just Emma McLaren, everyone else, you know, you never know what could happen. Someone else could come in for in Red Bull for Gasly. Um, Vettel could just suddenly quit. I don't know. He just doesn't seem that into it at the moment. So um, I feel like he's going to do at least another year for Ferrari before the new 2021 regulations come in. And then I think he's been quoted as saying he'll see what happens what those regulations are, whether it looks interesting for him to continue, but I'm not sure he's really that bothered. He's got this like awesome family and you know kids, and he stays out of the public eye when he's not racing. So um, you know he's obviously got enough money, so maybe he'll just settle down and be a dad, basically. Sorry, tea break. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, so expect silly season as they call it to commence very soon with speculation and people jumping around driving spots and um actually there was some interesting stuff with racing point uh mercedes with sergio perez and um lance stroll they've they had financial troubles last year which is why the car this year isn't very good they since have been bought out by a big consortium of people to inject a load of money into the team which is why it's went gone from being force india to racing point um and they're actually basically bringing a brand new car to a race. I think it's in two races time. Um, it'll be after the summer break. Have we had the summer break yet? No, we after the summer break. So, um, well, the European summer break. Um, so they're basically just they've built a new car for this season, pretty much. So they're really targeting this season to try and gain some points and go up the grid, which is it's a good thing to do because it gives you momentum into next year. And there's not a major rule change for next year. There's just kind of it'll be incremental developments with the car so it makes sense to do it um so that's going to be interesting to see if they can jump up the grid which is going to put other other um teams under a lot of pressure so expect has to probably be the main people put under pressure from from racing point and toro rosso and they're going to start fighting with renault mclaren and you know alfa romeo i think and it's so it's going to make that top you know from p8 down it's going to be um well probably p6 down really it's going to be really super competitive again so um and this is what's annoying one of the big things for me that that there's there's some talk coming out about the 2021 regulations as well there's articles around if you want to look into it i won't go into too much detail because i'll just start ranting and effing and jeffing about it um hang on t but and I've said this before on the podcast, they have a set of rules and they stick with them for a few years. And then it's like, oh, all the all the not so good teams are too far behind and, rah, rah, rah. and the top teams obviously develop quicker because they've got more money and it just takes the lower down teams a little bit longer. And they rather than leave it and lock it out for a certain amount of time, 
without any changes really and just let the teams naturally progress their car to a set specification of rules they give it three years and go oh no we, it's not working let's change them all again and they can't seem to find it but then as soon as that happens literally they make the decision and there's normally a year and then the new regulations come in and then that year before all the other teams have finally caught up because it's taken them a few more years to develop their car and get it to a good point and then it starts to get really close racing and really good and then they change all the rules again so in 2021 despite them trying to bring in this price cap thing there's still a load of experience and um with it with the higher up teams as well and it, it's um you know and these lower down teams have got to just do it all again to these new set of rules and specifications and fuck knows what um so it's going to be the same in 2021 no matter what they decide to do the top teams red bull ferrari mercedes are going to be on top mclaren and renault are probably going to be the next two because they're just starting to sort their shit out so i think they'll be in a good position so that might mean you've got mclaren and renault fighting amongst mercedes ferrari and red bull which is i guess is what they want i mean they understand it could be difficult for um the lower down teams to jump up but you got someone like Williams who are a completely independent team and you worry for them you know so but if all the teams have got 100 and, I think they're talking about 175 million a year as the budget so but I don't know if that accounts for paying your staff or if that's just direct car development cost in terms of direct money you put into the car because supposedly salaries of drivers and things aren't included in that which is good because you wouldn't fucking you wouldn't be able to pay all the big drivers then so um yeah i don't know how it's going to work because like mercedes have a thousand people working for them so if this cost cap comes in and suddenly teams can only afford to have maybe 200 people on their um staff roster that puts 800 people at mercedes out of a job so that would kind of suck so how do they figure all that shit out and then there's talk of like oh we want to bring back refueling and everyone's like, oh what are you doing like there's if, if you go back and look through all the old races sometimes they replay like race seasons and like summaries of the season and i watched this one a while back now but it just went through 10 years or 15 years of race seasons and all this shit you're seeing now about refueling tires and blah, blah 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 and all this shit, it's all been done before and it hasn't fucking worked. Like so they keep thinking, oh no, yeah, the problem is refueling, we've got to bring refueling back. And it's just like, oh for fuck's sake. I mean, it makes it a bit more exciting, but it's a lot more dangerous having all this fucking high octane fuel knocking about that's basically like rocket fuel, essentially. Uh, it's just um yeah, I don't know. So, fuck knows what's going to happen. I mean, there's some very simple things you can do to solve the fucking problems, and it's um, fix the rules for a set amount of time for a start. Um, get the tyres fucking sorted out. Like, it's like all this shit is on tyres, and oh, you've got to be able to push, but we need pit stops. And It's like, fuck all that shit. Just say, get a tyre that could last the whole fucking race, make it as grippy as possible make it awesome and you've got to do at least two pit stops in the race and when you do those it's entirely up to you maybe that's what you do it's like and then or maybe you don't say that at all it's like you could raise you could do the whole race if you want um and maybe there's a slight loss of performance over the i mean it gets really complicated with the tires and how do you factor that in and you've got all these different race tracks and do you have a compound developed for each, each particular race that you know is going to be perfect for that track or you know what do you do 
So the tyres are a problem because um, that's you know the that's where your, a lot of your mechanical grip comes from. So yeah, um, and then also ground effect um, aero is the way to go as well because it's not affected by air coming over the car, which is what gets disrupted by the car in front. The ground effect downforce is is um, you don't really get an effect from the cars in front with that. So that seems to me. I mean, Formula 2 cars actually have more ground effect aero than Formula 1 cars, um, which is why the racing's better. So I don't know why they don't just do that. Just do ground effect aero, make the cars ludicrously powerful, take off all all driver aids, apart from you need uh, power steering apparently, or you just wouldn't be able to get around the corners at those G-forces. Um, and I don't know, just fucking, just say five years, we're locking these fucking these in and just let's see what happens and let the other teams catch up and you're going to have at least two or three really competitive years the first two maybe not but um yeah anyway we'll see what happens but it's all very it's just there's so many people involved and oh, i don't know it's just a surprise they managed to get anything fucking done so the guys that have taken over formula one must be pulling their hair out like they don't think they realize what they've got themselves into there with these like nice american dudes and it's like guys you do know what the fuck you're getting into don't you so i don't think they did but um anyway there we go i've, I've waffled enough about that so yeah british grand prix qualifying session that was that hopefully i covered that off in some uh sensical way um is that even the right word i don't know i'm very tired world cup final cricket tonight which i'm going to try and oh, i don't know if i to watch all of it but i'm going to be broken at work tomorrow it's a real problem but it's almost good the world cup's finishing because I'm going to have my sleep back hopefully but but then the Ashes fucking starts in a few weeks it's like oh for fuck's sake so and that's obviously in England as well so more um, sleep loss to come so anyway never mind so yeah cheers for tuning in I've waffled enough um, so your yeah, predictions for the race I'm saying Hamilton you know me I'm a fan of his <laughs> excuse me um, but I think it's going to be a good race I'm not sure how well Ferrari are going to do but you've got Red Bull are a threat and you know, McLaren, Renault, Toro Rosso, Alfa Romeo, they're all so close together. They're going to be sort of biting on the heels of Ferrari and maybe Pierre Gasly for Red Bull. So it's going to be, I think it should be a good race, I think. So good weather, sellout crowd, 140,000 people. Um, it's um, an incredible track. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I probably won't watch it live because I'll be watching the cricket. So I'll do my summary tomorrow evening once I've come back home and then watched it and then I'll do it after that. So, yes. So we'll be back tomorrow with the summary of the race. All right. Cheers for tuning in, everybody. And we'll be back tomorrow. Cheers. Bye.